Welcome to your moment of growth. Welcome to your season of grace. Your decision to listen to God's servant is an action for absolute acceleration. Buckle up, tighten your seatbelt, and get set to learn Christ and develop your spirit as you listen to God's emissary for transformation, a steward and a custodian of divine mysteries, Pastor Olale Erosiji. We call you blessed. And so we shall glory to God. Glory. And so we shall glory to God. Glory. So we're able to come into your home one more time today. Thank you very much for having us today. You are going to be immensely blessed by the word in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, um, this month the Lord gave us a word that in this month we are going to be growing and we are going to be enjoying the grace of God. So this month has been tagged the month of grace, of grace and growth, or the month of growth, of, of, of growth. And we can someone say a big amen to that. Amen. Can someone say a big amen to that? Amen. Alright, and today, as you know that the topic of today is um, this thing called grace. This thing called grace. You understand that um, the most abused word, or the most misused word, or even the most used word in the body of Christ today among Christians is the word grace. Many have, many have, many have abused the word, many have, you know, without even checking what the word called grace means, but um, I'm going to be going into a journey from today for the next um, um, four to five weeks or to the month of May, I'm going to be studying um, the thing called grace all through, and um, I believe that you're going to be immensely blessed in the name of Jesus. So right on with us, you're going to be blessed in the name of Jesus. Alright, so I want to say to us today that um, grace is one of the major things, it's one of the core themes of Christianity. Why did, I say, why did I say that? I'm going to explain that to you shortly. Now, the word grace uh, in the Bible is mentioned 170 times. 170 times. Can you imagine how much that is? And um, all through the Old Testament, the word grace only appears 31 times. The word grace only appears 31 times all through the Old Testament. So, in the New Testament, it appears only 39 times. <laughs> imagine that. Now, now, in the New Testament... In the Synoptic Gospel, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It only appears four times. Four times. In the book of Acts, it appears 11 times. <laughs> so, um, all the letters written to us as believers, written by Paul, written by Peter, written by James, written by John to us, um, the word grace appears 116 times. So you can imagine that the word grace is more of a Christian thing. It's written to, letters written to us directly as believers. So, the word grace is a Christian theme, and we should never want to say that because people have abused the word grace, we, want, we don't want to understand what the word grace means. Probably, they are not even abusing the word grace. Maybe you are the one that is thinking that they are abusing the word grace. On this journey, you are going to be discovering a lot of things, and I believe that your life will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. I say that if you remove the word grace from Christianity, it's like removing God in the race of mankind. I tell you. I tell you. It's like removing God in the race and reducing all our life into just running races like rats. But today, you know, I'm going to be expanding a lot of things to us and then um, we will not stop today. We'll just be doing the introductory part of what um, grace means. Now, every time um, I want to do a study on, um, on um, a particular theme in the Bible, I like to look at the place that it was a first mention. There's something called the law of first mention. Now, every time... Um, 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 something is mentioned for the first time it has a significant impact not everything 
as it were, but most things. It has a significant impact. So let's look at where the word grace was first mentioned in the Bible. Let me take you on that journey. Now, Genesis chapter 6, verse, um, verse 8. All right, wait, 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 just hold on. Just, let's take it from verse 5, because we'll still come back to verse 5. So we'll go, which, which will see verse 8. So let's look at what precedes um, um, that um, particular <coughs> thing called called grace. Now, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man, understand the story of Noah, how there was so much wickedness on the earth and all of that. And the Lord saw the wickedness of man, of man was great in the earth. Now, the word man means all men on the earth. And, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. The next, and the Lord was sorry. <laughs> the Lord repented. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord saw, so the Lord, the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. God wanted to destroy the men he has made, creeping things and the birds of the earth. Say, for I am sorry that I have made them. Verse 8, verse 8. In the midst of all of this, the Bible says that but, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of the fact that... Um, that um, God was sorry, God was not so happy that he had made man. The Bible says that one man still found grace in the height of the Lord. Now, when I was growing up, there is this thing that I was taught. That Noah was the only good man on the face of the earth. But there is no premise for it. There, there, there is nothing like it written here. The Bible says that God... Now, when God was marking the wickedness, he talked about the heart of man. That what he saw was the fact that in the heart of man there was so much evil. So, do you want to exempt Noah from the, from, from, from the category, category of men who had evil in their heart? Or in their heart? Alright. Now, I'm not saying that you should exempt him or not exempt him. But let's, let's take this, this journey step by step. I was told that Noah was the only good man. Now, the first question is, was Noah a good man? I don't know. Because it wasn't recorded yet. Second question, was Noah the only good man? I don't also know. But I think that Noah could not have been the only good man. There could have been some other good men on the face of the earth. But God... No, so, so what was the qualification of Noah that, that Noah had to find grace in the height of the Lord? Now, I want to say this to you. You do not get certain qualifications and attain grace. No, grace is a qualification. Because you could not attain certain things, God introduced grace and used grace to qualify you. So you don't use things to attain grace. No. Grace is what you attain, and then you begin to get certain things that you want. Grace is what qualifies you for certain things. It's like it's like it's like um it's like I passed my exam very well. Now I do not do things to to attain passing my exams. No, I pass my exams to attain getting certain things. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So 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 what um is very very important here is that grace is what God used to qualify Noah so that Noah was able. To, to, to carry out the assignment so that Noah could be chosen among many men. So, Noah being a good man is not required in the Bible. Noah being the only good man is not required in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Noah found grace in God's sight. Because, see, if you are going to mark iniquity, who will we stand? Psalm 130 verse 3. Let's see what it says. Psalm 130 verse 3. It says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquity, let's say that God is marking, Oh Lord, who could stand? And that's what verse 4 says that. says that all our righteousness are like few rags. All of it. 
when we check the word fidirag in the in the in the in the Hebrew, we discover that the only thing that came close to the word fidirag is menstrual rag. I'm sorry to use um, um, a phrase like that. But that's the only thing that came close to it. What do you do with menstrual rag? So, 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 when God was going to look at our righteousness, all that we could do to, to say that we, we, we measure up before God, all that God was seeing was menstrual rag. Nobody could stand. So, how can you tell me now that the same man called Noah was good in God's sight? Was righteous enough in God's sight to be used by God? God qualified him. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Can someone say amen to that? Because the same Noah in, in chapter 9. He messed up. He drank and drank and drank and drank. Can you imagine a man drinking to the point that the man became become naked. He drank, he became naked, and then a son of his saw him and then laughed at him, and then the other two sons came to cover him, and then the next day started causing the son. So and he was a good man. That means he also had evil in his heart. Even after the flood, he still had evil in his, in his heart. <laughs> so you're telling me that um that um that um that um we qualify for grace by what we do. We don't qualify for grace by what we do. Understand that. But we're going to go much into that later. So God is the one that chooses people. Now, God chose the nation of Israel among other nations. It's not, it's not because the nation of Israel was, were, um, the people there were, were good people. No, don't even get that. Don't even think like that at all. Because, you see, when God was looking for a qualification, He was looking at those who are going to believe Him. And out of three million people, God only found two. Only two, apart from Moses. God only found Joshua and Caleb. The others did not even believe in God enough. So, you want to measure goodness, and only two people qualified. And yet, God still chose that nation. I'm sure that if God had moved into other some other nations, maybe it would have found like 10, or even like 100 or 200 that, that, that would qualify. But God chose the nation of Israel. And into, you know, some people say that maybe because of a lot of what Abraham did. Let me take him to Abraham's journey. A lot of what Abraham did, right? Because he had faith, right? <laughs> you see, in the eyes of grace, it's what grace says that you have that you have. I'm not saying that Abraham never had faith. But imagine that Abraham, while waiting on God, took Agar, slept with Agar. What will make Abraham stick with Agar? It's because at that point he was even losing hope in God. But God still justified him as a man that had faith in him. So, this was by grace. Amen. Amen. This was by grace. Osiris that was laughing at, at, God's, at, God's, at God's, um, God's assurance and God's promises. But you want to take it further and say that, okay, maybe because of, um, because of Jacob. Because Jacob breasts with God. Jacob prayed and all of that. And that's why God chose the nature of Israel. And, and God, God changed Jacob's name to Israel. You see, the Bible says that while Jacob and Esau, Esau were in the womb, God chose Jacob. They had not seen the light, light of it. They had not come to the earth. They had not committed one thing like this. God chose Jacob at that point in time. And someone shout grace. Grace. What did Moses do that made God choose him? You see, the story of Moses is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a very, very funny story. Other kids were dying. Guess what happened? The same person that said that you should go and kill all the sons of the Israelites, the same person, the same Pharaoh, eh, did not know that the same, um, that, you know that one of them was kept in his palace and he was feeding. He was, he was growing. He was going to the best school in the world. You see, you see, the same Pharaoh, the same Pharaoh, his money was used to sponsor Moses to accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish. By grace. See, Exodus chapter one, verse verse verse, um, verse um, twenty-two, and then and then we move into Exodus one verse twenty-two. Exodus one twenty-two. 
So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Let's see 2 verse 1. Exodus 2 verse 1. Okay, two verses. Let's start from verse two. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, <laughs> that means Moses was a very handsome guy. He was so handsome that they called him beautiful. He was a beautiful child. He hid him three months. Let's say, let's continue, please. Verse three. But when he could no longer eat him, hide him, he took an ark of bulrushes for him, he dubbed it and with ashfat and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river at the river bank. Verse four. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Verse 5. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to, to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maids to get it. Now, verse 6. And when she opened it, she saw the child. That was Moses. And behold, the child wept. So she, uh, she had compassion on him and, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. She had compassion on him. You know what that means? Then his, 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 his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew woman that she may nurse the child for you? Look at this, verse 8. This is, this is what grace can do. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. So the mother of Moses was the one that was called eventually. Let's see what grace did. Verse 9. Verse 9. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages. The mother of Moses was paid by the daughter of the killer of other children <laughs> to take care of Moses. So the woman took the child and they nursed him. Verse 10. Verse 10. And the child grew and she, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became a son. She called his name Moses, saying, Because I dream out of the water. So see that now. Let me show you something else. Let me show you something else. Exodus 33 verse 12. Exodus 33 verse 12. And then we read, verse, read them to verse 17. Exodus 33 verse 12. And look at this. And Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send. That's, that's by the way. That's what we are, we are going to. Yet you have said, I know you by name. God told Moses, I know you by name, and you have also found grace. In my sight, chapter eight, him. That's God. God said to Moses, "I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight." So all of all the things that happened to Moses was because Moses found grace in God's sight. Moses was just born now. Imagine what he, what would he have done to deserve the grace of God? You don't do anything to deserve God's grace. Understand that. And the faster you understand that, the 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 the, the faster you are going to be you are going to be a better Christian. Let's take the next verse. Verse thirteen. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, that's Moses speaking to God, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find, I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14. Verse 14. And he said, My prayers will go with you and I will give you rest. God was assuring Moses. Let, let's see verse, verse 15. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. That's what we are going to verse 16, please. Verse 16. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? How then shall it be shall it, shall it be known that I and your people have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be shall be shall be separate, you, you, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. 
So you see, you see how God was distinguishing just one nation and one man from everyone of the earth because of grace. See, grace is that one thing. Grace is that thing that makes you an exemption from every other person. They start asking, what did he do differently that made God start blessing you? What, 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 what has he done that life is, is blowing like this? What has he done that, that is, life is just by this and all of that? There's only one answer. Grace. 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 Verse 17. Verse 17. Something. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do these things that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by I said to you this morning, grace is working for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You don't believe it, that's why you didn't say amen to it. I said that grace is working for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So Moses found grace in the sight of the Lord. Moses found grace in God's side. I want to show you a particular story in the Bible and then we're going to start rounding up and then we continue next week. We are not rushing anywhere. We have a lot more to do. Let me show you something about a lady called Ruth. Ruth chapter 2 and from verse 1. We're going to read it down, down to verse 10. Alright. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Verse 2. Now understand this, that the lady by the name Ruth um, uh, an Ophra. Um, they got married to the children of, um, of Naomi. Now, Naomi's husband died. The two children of Naomi, the two sons, they also died. And then Ophra and Ruth were going with Naomi and all of that. And at a point, at a point, Ophra left. Ruth said, I will not leave you. Ruth followed Naomi back to where um, um, the grave and all of that. And, and, and let's see what happened now. So Ruth the Moabite, now notice this. Ruth was a Moabite. This one called it Moabites. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce it, but Ruth was from Moab. And Ruth, uh, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, please let me go to the field. And because they were really, really suffering, let, let me just find something to, to go and to go and do so that I, I, could, I could gather some things and then we can eat. Let me go to the field and then and glean eggs of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor. Please give me KJV version, please. Just press KJV, KJV there. Alright, look at this. He said, and glean ears of corn after him, after him, in whose, uh, in whose sight I shall find grace. So she was looking for grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Verse 3, please. Verse 3. And she went and came and gleaned the field. After the repast. Now, it means that after people had reaped the real thing, she will now start looking for how she can harvest crumbs. Harvest maybe what could remain from what they, had, what they have gained. And her harp was to light on a part of the field, belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the repast, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Verse 5, please. Then said Boaz unto the unto his servant that was set o- over the rivers, whose damsel is this? She was asking about Ruth. The woman that has been that has suffered so much, she was seen as a damsel. That's what grace can do. And the servant that was set over the rivers answered and said, It is the Moabitis <laughs> damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Verse 7. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the rivers among the chiefs. I mean, after the river that had reaped, let me now begin to glean. So she came, and had continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Verse 8 is, Then she said, then said, to, then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, 
neither go from here, but abide here fast by my meetings. That means that you should glean, as in you should, you should do what you should reap the same way that they are reaping. That is grace. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and do thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch you? And when thou hast attest, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men drink. Imagine that. Amen. Verse 10. Then she fell on her face and bowed her head, herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in your eyes? That will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. That thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. He didn't deserve it. He didn't qualify for it. He was a stranger. But grace located that. And that's on the end of Naomi's story. That's on the end of Naomi's story. Some other things happen in Naomi's life now. I want to say to you that. Naomi went on to become the great grandmother of Jesus Christ, despite being a Moabite. Naomi, a Moabite, not an Israelite, owned a book in the Bible. There's no book of Boaz, there's a book of Naomi. Sorry, sorry, Ruth. Ruth, I was saying Naomi, sorry. Ruth went further to go and own a book in the entire Bible. A book was named after Ruth. Why? Because he found grace. I'm sure that she didn't just find grace in the side of this man, she found grace first in the eyes of the Lord. Grace is working for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said grace is working for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me show you something. Determine chapter 20, 20, 20 verse 3. Determine to 20 verse 3. Look at this please. Now, an Ammonite, please read this, or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their tenth generation, shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Can you imagine? Now, maybe it's like, maybe it's 10 generation, maybe you should stop there. Check Nehemiah 13 verse 1, please. Nehemiah 13 verse 1. Nehemiah 13 verse 1. Now look at this. On that day, they read in the book of Moses, in the old days of the people, and therein was found written that the Ammonites or the Moabites should not come into the congregation of God forever. But a lady by the name Moab did not only enter into God's congregation, she also became the great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Look at we have the Lord. Unqualified people. You see, if you check the book of the book of Ruth, chapter four, you will see there that um, this man, that this man named Boaz, gave birth to a child through Ruth, named Obed. Now Obed now gave birth to um, um, Jesse. Jesse now gave birth to, to David. So you see that now. Amen. Amen. What did Abraham do to find this in God's side? God just, God just. I declare in the name of Jesus. Grace is yours in the name of Jesus. Grace is God's ability upon a man, causing him to shine beyond his own ability, beyond his own, beyond whatever he can do. Grace is God's gift in spite of man's efforts. This one is beyond what you can do. Grace is grace is God seeing many people and, and then I'm picking you. Let me show you something in the book of Luke. Luke chapter four, verse twenty-five. Look for verse 25. Grace is that extra thing upon an ordinary man that makes him extraordinary. Let me say that again. Grace is that extra thing upon an ordinary man that makes him extraordinary. Grace is unmerited favor. You see, grace is divine kindness. It's undeserved kindness. It's unexplainable charm. She charmed lecturer. That's why, that's why, that's why he's kind to her. No, no, no. That's, that's not why. It's because she found grace. May you find grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 25. Look at this. But I tell you, be true. Jesus is explaining grace here. Jesus is explaining grace here. Many widows were in Israel <coughs> in the days of Elijah. When the heavens were shut, shut off, three and a half years, when great famine was throughout all the land. 26, please, 26. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Seraphat, a city of Sidon, unto a widow that was, that was a unto, unto a woman that was a widow. There were many widows. Why this widow? It was grace. Now grace to her. Verse 27, please. Verse 27. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed. None of them was cleansed. Saving Naaman, the Syrian. You see, there were people in the days of Jesus that were sick, that were not healed. Some of them were living in the time of Jesus, they were not healed. But those who were healed, what happened to them? Grace found them. Grace is finding you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, you see, I, I, I read one thing. I read one thing in one of the traditional that, that I was reading that I love so much. See, that grace is the f- divine influence upon the heart of a man that reflects upon his life. It's first in your heart, divine, divine upon your heart, and then it begins to reflect in your life. May grace continue to reflect in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like to go for that, but I have to stop here as well too. I'm going to show you more things next week about. This subject called grace. This thing called grace. This thing called grace. I declare that this week, grace is working for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. This week, may you encounter favor on every side in the name of Jesus. Amen. To the places where the lockdown has, 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 been, has been relaxed a bit. As you go out, men will go out of their way to bless you in the name of Jesus. To the place where the lockdown is still there. You see, even in the lockdown, God is not locked down. Grace is not locked down. May grace locate you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is well with you in Jesus' name. It is a blessed week for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, I want to say thank you very much for allowing us to come into your home and into your life, into your phones, into your iPad, into your system. And be a blessing to you today. Thank you by God's word. We can't wait for the fruits that you will bear upward. With the word that has taken root deeply and downward into your spirit, man. We are the kings of the youth expression of the Boswell Gospel Church of William Gigi, Lagos, Nigeria. Join us every Sunday, 8 a.m. at 5456 Old Butter Road, and every Thursday on Mixler.com slash Kingstar. We are 100% Jesus, no additives. We celebrate you.